Holly G with the Golf Insiders, and today's guest is Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. The mighty Florida Gator outlasted Scotty Happy Feet Scheffler on Sunday, Todd. It was quite a grind, quite a duel, and uh, I guess you could say Billy survived and uh, won his first WGC match play title. Pretty uh Pretty, you know, nail-biter right down to the end. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, Billy's been working hard on this game. Uh, very, very hard. I, actually, I, I kind of feel as if he is the modern-day VJ Singh. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's friends with VJ. They're constantly working on the range at TPC Sawgrass. Um, but he was kind of getting in his own way a bit. And it's interesting, I, I was speaking with him last week, and prior to the match play, he went on vacation with his family, actually, to Melbourne, Florida, where he's kind of that area he's from. And he just left his golf clubs and didn't think about golf and got a mental reboot um, and came to Austin without many expectations. And, that you know, that's it's amazing how important and sometimes an obstacle that word expectations is um, – because guys can, you know, they think they're playing well, they should be winning more, or should be top fiving or top three or whatever. And if it gets a little awry, then they're just throwing off for the rest of the week. Uh, and I think that was what Billy's problem was. He was just putting too much internal pressure on himself. His expectations were high. And when he didn't care as much, look what happened. Well, speaking of high expectations, uh, Scotty Scheffler certainly as a Texas graduate, had the support of the Austin crowd behind him. Uh, he just came up short uh, Sunday afternoon. You know, uh, he beat some pretty uh, formidable match play uh, competitors, Ian Poulter, John Rahm, uh, to get himself into that final. And, you know, Todd, this is, this is just brutal, these five days of golf for these guys. Yeah, if they, um, if they have fans, they're playing seven matches. I mean, think about that. You know, that's just about two tournaments uh, in five yes. days. Uh, but at the same time, it's an opportunity for, like, Billy Horschel and Scotty Scheffler to knock off Poulter and Rahm on that Saturday to, you know, impress Steve Stricker, U.S. Ryder Cup captain. Indeed. Uh, and so, you know, it, it is definitely the opportunity. And, look, Billy, it, I, I look, fatigue's an issue. Billy Horschel is one of the fittest guys out here on the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler is pretty fit, too, and he's young. He's 23. Uh, so, you know, you have to be mentally and physically strong to endure a, a match play run like those guys had to do. Not only that, but talk about the win, Todd. I mean, we were watching even some of the, the putts being affected by the win. There was a lot of commentary about that during the telecast. Uh, you know, some of these gusts to really – you know, these guys were having to do a lot of calculation on on some of these shots in terms of what club to pull. Well, I think I've said this on your show before, but it's not severe cold. It's not severe heat. It's not rain. It Those things don't really bother players as much as wind uh, because the unpredictability from when the ball is struck <laughs> to where it gets in the air and then all of a sudden a gust hits it and you, they completely lost control. Uh, and, and it's calculating. It's just an educated guess what that is. Uh, for some, when it's blowing as hard as it was blowing 
uh, on that Sunday morning when it was 30 mile per hour and gusts even higher. Uh, so that's the difficult part. So yes, you have to you have to obviously manage your game very very well. You have to be patient. You have to be proud of pars <laughs> more than birdies at times. Uh, so you know it, that again that is the, the mental toughness and the grind and that word expectation that you have to manage very very well. Yeah, it's a little bit like. Uh the away team having to, an NFL team having to go to Green Bay and play, uh, you know, in sub-zero temperatures in that crusty field at Lambeau, right? right? There's definitely a significant advantage. Um, you know, when we got to the round of 16, Todd, only one player remained out of the top 10 seeds. That was John Rahm. And the next two lowest seeds were Scotty Scheffler at – at rank 30, and Billy Horschel at 32. Pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, people think that 1 versus 64 is kind of like the NCAA basketball tournaments, Gonzaga taking on Appalachian State. Uh, there is a wide difference between those two basketball schools. There's not as big a difference between 1 and 64 uh, on the world stage. Uh, as a matter of fact, Dylan Fratelli came into that championship as the 64th seed. He was actually ranked in the world ranking higher than that. Uh, yeah, but he made it to the round of 16, and that's that's proof. It's the first time ever a 64 seed has made it to the round of 16. Uh, but it, it was yeah, it's not that much of a difference. Uh, but still, it's, 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 that's what makes it so interesting to me, uh, yeah. is the fact that there isn't that much of a difference. And I think, you know, people would be surprised. I know as I looked at the bracket, you know, Matt Kuchar, who nearly won, uh, you know, was ranked 52nd. Jordan Spieth, yeah. 49th. Uh, uh, Brian Harmon, who's certainly been on a streak here, 54th. Sergio, 39th. And, oh, my apologies to Tommy, poor me, a black and tan Fleetwood. He was ranked 21st, so... So he, uh, outside of Rom, was uh, the second lowest in the round of 16. But, uh, you know, we talk about it week after week, right, just the, the depth uh, on the tour, and, and this year proves it. Not on the tour, on the world stage. I mean, I mean, did you know, how many people knew about Victor Perez? Uh, you know, folk. Yeah, yeah, not many people knew about Victor Perez, who's from France, went to play college golf in New Mexico. Uh, you know, one of his favorite athletes is Tom Brady, uh, you know, stuff like that. You, know, you get to learn about this guy, but obviously he's proven himself as a world-class player. He's going to be on that European Ryder Cup team. So us as Americans watching the match play, we got introduced to a player who's going to be a big influence for Team Europe at Whistling Straits in the Ryder Cup. So it's an opportunity to learn about these great world players. Uh, again, I've said this too, and it is because of Tiger. It is such a globally deep game right now. Uh, and again, that, as we discussed, it means that there's not as much of a difference between number one in the world and number 64 in the world. Well, speaking of the global tour, uh, there was a simultaneous event going on over in the Dominican Republic, the Butacana Championship. Joel Damon coming out on top there. And uh, with uh, Orlando's own Sam Ryder finishing tied for second uh, with Rafael Campos. Yeah, it was a great event, and good good for Joel. He's been um, working hard, kind of a journeyman. Uh, 
he lost his mom to cancer. He actually was diagnosed with cancer, fought through that as well. Um, just showed some tough grittiness to not only get onto the PGA Tour, but to finally win. And it, 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 it's hard to win on tour. It is hard, again, going back to what we were just talking about, because there's so much depth and so much talent. It is hard. And unfortunately for Joel, he's not going to get in the Masters because this is a little bit of a lower tournament on the world stage. But he's got his card for two more seasons on the PGA Tour. Uh, he, will, he can go to Kapalua to play in the PGA Tour's Century Tournament of Champions. Um, and you know, security means a lot when you're kind of like on the edge of, of keeping your card or going back to the Corn Ferry Tour. So it's a great, it's a great victory for him. Yeah, and, and I love that awareness he's bringing to, you know, the fight against cancer. Correct. Uh, wearing it on his, uh, you know, on his cap. Um, love, love that piece of the story. So he's certainly uh, a guy you can uh, get behind um, knowing, knowing his story. What were your biggest surprises in terms of who got knocked out early, Todd? I was a little surprised, uh, to be honest with you, that Justin Thomas got knocked out. He went 0-2. Oh, I think he went 0-2. 0-2-1. But didn't advance. Um, he did have a tough draw. Louis Eustazen's had success there. Kevin Kisner is the defending champion winning there, I should say, in 2019. Didn't win there last year. And, of course, Matt Kuchar played well. Um, but I feel like Justin was a little bit better than those guys. Uh, he's coming off of a confidence-building victory at the players. I thought he would just play better, better, but just didn't putt very well. But, you know, that's what you got to do. You run up against a hot player and just you know, just kind of go backwards. So I would say probably Justin in that, in that of all the players. But, again, you know, it's, it's different for these guys playing a 72-hole stroke play event compared to a match play event. You have a different mentality. And, you know, some guys – it takes a bit of an adjustment, and they're not quite ready for it, especially coming off an emotional victory. So yeah, that, was my, that was my minor surprise. A guy who um, has been off his game as well and who's really been working on it. At 42 years old, Matt Kuchar showing he could go the distance. Yeah, he's been, he's been struggling, though. Uh, prior to Austin, he had... 12 consecutive events where he didn't finish inside the top 30, missed a lot of cuts. He had some iron play issues. He's normally a good iron play uh, performer, but had some problems. But he was working with his swing coach, Chris O'Connell, uh, and something clicked. And, you know, it, it, all these positive memories of him winning this championship before and being in the finals in 2019 reemerged, uh, and it was a great combination. So you are now in San Antonio for the Valero Texas Open. Uh, how does the field look? I, I see some of the players that were uh, in the mix at the WGC will be uh, teeing it up tomorrow. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler is in the field. He was in the finals. Uh, Matt Kuchar, who finished third at that championship this year. And in all, there are 23 players in the field that will be at the Masters next week. So... Good chance for those guys to, you know, make sure their game is sharp, get some competitive reps going, put themselves in contention. Uh, that, that's what they'd obviously like to do. Um, so it, it, it's a good golf course, and I think more than anything, it's, it's these, it offers an opportunity, as it did two years ago, to Corey Connors, um, who won here for the very first time. If you remember, he was a Monday qualifier. That's right. And, and, getting, and he's been playing some good golf. He has been. He was in the field last week. Uh, I think he's got 
a number of top tens recently. Um, so if you if you can catch lightning in a bottle this week, or if you've been trending and you're able to cross the finish line and win, and not only get a, an invite to the Masters, but also secure your future, as I was talking about, as Joel Damon has done, uh, who's also in the field here this week. Uh, I, it's a good, again, winning a PGA Tour event, it is hard to do, but it's definitely rewarding. What about the, the forecast for this week? Are the winds going to continue, or are they going to die down? If, if they started this tournament today, they, I mean, small creatures would have to dig their claws into the earth to hang onto the ground because the wind is around 40 miles per hour. But they're not. They're playing the Pro-Am, and it's tough out there today. But the wind uh, is going to die down a little bit. It's going to be 15, maybe 20 miles per hour, which isn't bad. That's typical Texas wind or San Antonio wind here. So it'll be a good test. Golf course is not easy. Uh, it's, a, it's a really... Interesting layout, Greg Norman design. He actually consulted with Sergio Garcia to build this golf course. So it's going to offer these players lots of, uh, well, some opportunities for birdies, but the other times you've got to play it safe because you're missing fairways here and you're in major trouble. Uh, DJ has WD'd from the Valero. Um, certainly maybe not coming into the Masters in the best of form. Any update on DJ? You know, it was interesting that he decided, I thought it was interesting that he didn't commit to play uh, here this week in San Antonio because if you remember last fall, he played the Houston Open, the Vivint Houston Open prior to the Masters, nearly won in Houston, then went on to win at Augusta National. So he didn't commit initially, and then late Friday he did commit here, and then we find out Monday that he's pulled out. Um, so... That's odd, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're the number one player in the world, I don't know if you're confident in your game or you're not. You want to rest and, you, you know, or you want to practice. Uh, I, it, it just didn't seem in, in synchronicity. But he's got so much talent, obviously. Um, you know, he could show up at Augusta and, and win with his B game. So we'll see how, he, how all this pans out. Yeah, maybe a week just uh, hanging out with his kids. Yeah. We'll, we'll give him some... Uh, some good mental rest. Ricky Fowler has to win this week, Todd, to get into Augusta. Is that is that possible? Uh, well, of course it's possible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he hasn't he hasn't missed the Masters since 2010. Um, so yeah, what a shot! I mean, it's just you know it's hard to hard to believe that Ricky's game has fallen to that point. Yeah, it, it is tough, and he is struggling. Um, but he feels like this is more of a marathon than a sprint. Uh, if he, he made a swing coach change, um, and right now he's just trying to figure that out. And it's, it's taken a, you know, a bit more time than necessary. You know, Sometimes when you make a, a change, a coach or, or a fundamental change with your swing, it does kind of screw things up uh, for a little while. Um, but... Hopefully he'll get it going this week. That'd be great to see. You know, the Masters without Ricky, you know, it'd, it'd be a little less of the Masters. He's, he had so many eyeballs to that event, to any event. So, you know, Todd, hard to believe we are uh, around the corner from the Masters. Uh, just seems like it's come so fast, sort of snuck up on us in a way. But what are you, uh, what are you looking for? The big story next week. You know, there's always so many, uh, so many storylines. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the normal storylines. Uh, <laughs> you know, who's going to be able to figure out their misses on that golf course? Can Rory win the Masters and join the smallest of players that are, have the career grand slam? Is Jordan Smith trending enough to compete there and win again? Uh, so I think that, and of course, Dustin, you, you know, can he can he win the Masters within just a few months uh, of his victories? You know, one one victory to the next. I yeah, I think those are the great storylines. It's hard to see. I haven't seen the golf course yet. Don't know how it's playing. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But um, it's obviously going to be very exciting. And um, what's the status on uh, fans being allowed in at this point? There there will be a limited amount of patrons allowed. Patrons. Yeah, I'm off my game today, Tom. <laughs> uh, but Augusta National is kind of keeping that close to the vest, as, as they have the right to do. So we don't know exactly how many. Uh, but there will be uh, – you will have some some patrons on the grounds, and that will be good to see. That will add to the side. But it's the pressure, to be honest with you, as these guys try to win, you know, the first major of 2021. Well, it's uh – it's, we, we love when we get to this time of year, the first major, and uh, I would just think DJ wants to hang on to that green jacket for a few more months, so uh, I think it'll be interesting to see. Give him a little extra mojo, and um, look into your crystal ball. Who, who are your early Smiths, Todd? <laughs> I feel like if, if Jordan plays well here this week, doesn't have to win, uh, I think he's got a shot at being in the mix. Uh, right now, I'd say him. Um, I, I liked John Rahm, um, but I don't know what's going on with his – in case you're wondering, his wife is pregnant with the couple's first child. He, John told me we're not inducing labor. The baby is due uh, uh, April the 12th. So he said, and if the baby's coming, I'm out of there. Oh. I'll play the Masters again. But, you, know, you just gave I'm me goosebumps. I'm going to be at the birth of my first child. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I, 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 I kind of said I was surprised at how poorly he played, but I think that golf course sets up very well for Justin Thomas. Uh, if I had to pick an early favorite right now, I think it's him. And he's somebody that really wants that tournament, Todd. Of course. Who right? doesn't? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that green jacket puts you in a class uh, above all the rest. So it's, uh, it's exciting. Can't wait. And uh, Todd, as always, we appreciate your time. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Holly.